Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This ain't my first poster of an old rodeo. This week on the Story Song Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cassell. Every episode on this show, we walk you through the wonderful world of a story song. And this week, we're talking about Angel from Montgomery. Walking all the way to Montgomery. By <laughs> Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> Who, Newcomer who, Bonnie Raitt. Who's the one I mix her up with all the time? You guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, is it Reba McIntyre? Reba McIntyre. Yeah. That's the one. I don't yeah. know why. I think because they're both redheads. Yeah, and they play country music. And I mean, they're music. very different, though. Yes. I, a, yeah, Bonnie Raitt's more of a... Rocker. Rock and right. blues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I actually did make that mistake today. Mm-hmm. And called Bonnie Raitt Reba McIntyre, so I'm not, I'm not judging Daniel. I'm not okay. judging. Well, I was gonna say you guys are pointing out a bunch of reasons why they're different, but I think there's a factor that you guys I have not even considered in this discussion. What's that? Uh, I'm an idiot. I, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dan, that factors into <laughs> every too, decision, he's, every he's, uh, discussion. Yeah, they seem vaguely the same. So of course, <laughs> in my brain, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're the same. Guitars. Um, yes, but anyway, okay. Uh, Michael. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell us the story of this story song? Sure. Um, Angel from Montgomery is, um, this takes place many years into a marriage. It's a song I about. Sorry, I thought you were going to say many years in the future. I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. I did not read this right. <laughs> you got to really... <laughs> really read between the lines. Yeah. 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 Which right, is so like, yeah. We're in space on planet Montgomery. <laughs> As I'm saying, see the thing is, she's complaining about her husband in this song. Yeah. Um. But if you really return the lines, ro- husband is a robot. That's that's, right. that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of talk about his programming. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How she has to reset him with a with an old paper clip. There's you yep. got to really read it closely, guys. Got to really pay attention. <laughs> You're you gonna see when we get up to the expanded universe. Uh, I'm gonna talk a lot about Rocket Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because sure. these two songs are completely connected. So similar. Um, <laughs> Michael, right, we interrupted you with our tomfoolery. Sorry, Please go tell on. Us. Go on. Continue to tell us about the story of the story song. So many years into this woman's marriage, um, mm-hmm. it's a song about a woman who feels older than she is, and she's reflecting on her life and her disappointments and the dreams uh, that she has of some excitement and something to take her out of her current situation. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. Also, she's in space. (laughs) (laughs) I am an old woman 
after my mother now i'm going to say this Mm -hmm. if your name is an old woman okay (laughs) but do you have to pass that on to your kid you know what i'm saying don't it's a family name you're right you have to name she's named grandma it's it's swedish it's an and an old mother you say like that um they fast and women being named after their mothers you don't hear that very often we, Courtney, we actually, Courtney Cox, her mother, yeah. she's Courtney Cox's daughter is named after her, I believe. Okay. I don't know why I know that, but I do. Well, you know what? I don't know if you guys, we had a conversation about this not that long ago because somehow we got on the question of if, if, if you're a woman and you're named after your mother, are you a junior? Oh, yes. Remember we started talking yes. about that. Wait, was that in real and- life or on the podcast? No, that was in real life, oh, okay. I think. <laughs> Is but, this not real and, life? <laughs> and we said, you know, how come how come it's so rare, you know, for a woman to be to be named after yeah. her mother, to which, you know, I pointed out because, you know, men are are pathetic. <laughs> like yeah. desperately need validation, need need uh, you know, to be like, My my boy's named after me whereas yeah. women usually not so much on that. But right. you know There's a whole song happen. in Carousel about that. That's right, my boy Bill. Yeah, there you go, I mean see? it's called Soliloquy, but Carousel starred Bonnie Raitt's father. That's true. Oh Full my what? god! Yeah. Let's jump right but- into it. <laughs> my old man is another child that's grown old. Okay, um, is she talking about her dad, or is she talking about her husband? Slash lava. <laughs> it's got to be husband, right? Because uh, yeah. when I first heard the song, I did think, oh, and then her dad. What? I, I originally actually thought it was my old man has another child that's grown old. So yeah. I was like, oh. oh, so this is like the like, like she's just saying that she's got a brother or, or a sister. OK, <laughs> that's right. fine. But it is. Or her th- father remarried or something. Exactly. Exactly. But, but that's but not where see, the story goes. No. no, but here's why this is important. But here's why this is important. Because when because they're on two different spaceships and so they were yep. aging at different <laughs> yeah rates right okay right so she's she's that traveling at three times the speed of light right. right and he's only traveling at two times so she's actually like <laughs> even though originally they were seven years apart now she's yep. fourteen years older than him that's right so they were twins this, um <laughs> they were twins <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger born and Danny light years apart. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito were twins. They're put on two separate <laughs> right. spaceships. <laughs> right. That's uh, what that's what this song about a about a, <laughs> a a woman complaining about the modernity of her life is really about. Anyway, please right. go on, Rachel. But she but it, it has to be it's ni- it's the nineteen seventies. 
So yeah. old man means one thing and one thing only, and that yes. is husband. Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna, it's here, my here's old what man. I will say. Here's what I'm going to say, and I know this complaint is coming in a bit late, but cool chicks of the 70s, you calling your boyfriend old man is real confusing because we're, <laughs> sure, we're not sure if you're talking about A, your boyfriend, B, your father, or D, just some random old man yeah. that you're talking <laughs> this about. This old man. It's real confusing. Well, yeah, who well, knows? Didn't, didn't like late 60s. Janis Joplin lo- called them old, called her guy old man all the time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She used the, the term old man a lot. There you go. But again, was she talking she about Bobby el- McGee? She said elderly a lot. So maybe she was just talking about the elderly. <laughs> well, again, no, no, no. <laughs> she just did a lot of AARP commercials. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. Those was famous talking- Janice yeah. Joplin AARP <laughs> commercials. <laughs> What you talking about? Uh, what you talking about? <laughs> for reasonable prices. <laughs> Janice Joplin was real big into reverse mortgages. That's She's right. like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something real morbid, but she was just like, look, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be dead before I'm old, so I gotta get this in now. Yeah. Okay, film. Yeah. Hold on, film this and then show it in 45 years. It's gonna blow people's <laughs> gonna minds. Be, people are gonna be crazy. We talk about reverse mortgages for ARP. <laughs> It's gonna be nuts. Okay, all right, I'm Chad Shoplin. I'm gonna be dead in six months. What we got? We got. What we got? Okay, okay. All right, guys. Crypto. Okay, you gotta get in. On the- These people were visionaries. They oh, could see man. it. They could see it all happen. She was amazing. Um, cosmic blues, like cosmic, like out there, man. She right. knew everything. So yeah, crypto. Again- it's the Woodstock of money. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Who's this? Know. I don't Who know. Is this supposed Who is to be this? speaking yeah. to? Who is this for? Um, but yeah, that is this is his, her old man. Her old man. Her this old, man. old man. He turned a child. <laughs> not old man River exactly. Nick-knock not not the Nick. Show. Not the old man who went Nick knock on yep. my shoe. She's talking about her her husband here, I believe. But wasn't didn't like the husband usually call their wives like their old lady? So. Th- so she can't call him his her old man? No, but I mean, like, wasn't that like a sort of late 60s kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, I always prefer the term ball and chain, but that's me. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, you do. I mean, and they didn't say it. It was not said like, oh, this, this old man I'm with. It was <laughs> like, this is my old man. This is my old lady. It was such a term of endearment. Imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. like your parents in the hippie calling... community. It was yeah. it was uh, it was right. a term of endearment. Imagine your parents calling each other the like you know my old lady does this. I'd be like, what yeah. are you saying? What what is happening? What is ha- <laughs> just say your wife, you weirdo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I only mean, time definitely... it wasn't a term of endearment was like if it was somebody who like married for money. Mm-hmm. Where it was yes. like, uh, that's my old man. It's like, yeah, he's a hundred and seven. <laughs> And he's a billionaire. We love right. soup. And you're 28. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He has crypto, whatever that is. But I feel like <laughs> it's really going gonna... to... The ghost of Jazz Joplin told me it was going to pay out. That's Listen, right. Listen. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say... I was going to continue on and just say that uh, this, this, this being her husband, this uh-huh. line is really incredible when you think about it and sets up so much about the song. That she mm-hmm. doesn't say, like, yeah. my old man is also old. She says, my old man is another child that's grown old, which right. is such, like, a lead-in to the feel and vibe of this song and of the story. 
It's not yeah. just that he's old and that that's where we are. It's that once he was a child, he had dreams and he's just turned old. Yeah, it really establishes like the sense of loss in this song. Yeah. And and missed opportunity. Yeah. 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 Another like, you guys tune had, I was I was going to make <laughs> from I was going to make Gazelle. a I was going to make a joke and you guys got serious on me and now it's going to seem weird. No, do your so. joke. Do your joke. Do your no, funny. No, do your it's funny. fine. It's fine. No, I was just going to say, I think I think if a woman calls her, her boyfriend or husband an old man, I believe she's legally required to have a Betty Boop tattoo. That's all I was going to say. That's all. I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that important. But it's not, it's not even so much that they lost the innocence. It's just that it kind of like... No. It just, it just, it just aged, right? It just, it just curdled. It just sort of faded but, away. But it's not yeah. about innocence. It's about the, uh, a child is full of opportunity and possibility. Right. And mm. now they're, now they're, they're, she's just old. He's just old. Right. That's it. Yeah. And I think no. it also speaks a little bit to their mentality where, um, I think most people are like this, where, where you, you see yourself as something and then. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, where did where did that time go? Right. You know, where mm-hmm. they, they see themselves as being not necessarily like a literal child, but like substantially younger than they are. Right. Which is kind of interesting about these two lines. She simultaneously sees herself as being younger than she is and much older than she is. Right. Which I think also kind of reflects the meaning of the song. It's just she's not happy where she is at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, boopy doop. (laughs) (laughs) If dreams were thunder and lightning was desire, this old house would have burned down a long time ago. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this probably uh twelve or thirteen times during the song. That is a great line. (laughs) I mean, I mean, not to give away any of the backstory but from who the person who wrote this is pretty well known for being incredible an incredible lyricist and uh, <laughs> songwriter so i think yeah i think we're gonna get a lot of these lines yeah i will say this that's not how thunder works though i th- thank you that's what i was about to say that i was about to say <laughs> thunder doesn't so, catch anything on fire so okay desire- sorry Sorry, genius songwriter. We all appreciate you, but Thunder doesn't light anything on fire. Desire, so I don't know what burn you're talking that, about. Desire will burn that house down to the ground. But absolutely, dreams, dreams are just gonna rattle that house a little bit. That's yeah, all. Yeah, that's all. all. The only thing, the only way that Thunder could burn the house down is if your dog goes crazy and like knocks over a candle <laughs> or something. Right. But otherwise, right. Thunder is not gonna burn down anything. Okay. And the other thing is, like, if lightning was desire, the house would have burned down a long time ago. Sure. I mean, if, if uh, I don't know, like, a swimming pool was desire, then I guess the house would have been flooded at some point. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, if desire was, like, a bunch of termites, it would have eaten the house. Like, yeah, if desire was a if a desire was a thing that wasn't desire, then something else would have happened. But I'm not quite sure, like, what, well, what do you, what's the point you're trying to make here, Bonnie? <laughs> oh, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Come on, I'm a very literal person. <laughs> if the streetcar was desire, I would have been waiting on this platform. <laughs> right. Look, what, what, what is this, symbolism? You, uh, what? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you, know I can't, you know I can't handle metaphors. I am a robot, your husband. I am your robot <laughs> husband. Stop with the metaphors. You know I can't do anything with them. How much thunder we get in outer space? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I I do think that I had difficulty. So what I, I've heard this song before, but obviously it's the same. It's we say this a lot. It's one of those songs that I've heard before. Never thought too much about the lyrics, but as I was listening to it for the first time, it took me a couple of times of listening to it to try and figure out their relationship and their relationship within the house. Because you could read this as if dreams were thunder and lightning was desire, like desire and dreams, uh, this old house would have burned down a long time ago, meaning that they're so full of possibility. They're so full of desire for each other and like dreams, they have their dreams together that that sustains them to the point where this house could have burnt down from how much desire and dreams they have. But it's not really that. What it really no. is is that there are it's full of dreams unfulfilled and full of unused unutilized desire. Yeah. That it's a powder keg ready to blow. Yeah, and one of the great things about this line is that it's the energy of the thunder and the lightning sort of juxtaposed with the stillness of an old house and her life and right. and like literally a storm brewing inside and like wanting to shake things up that if there was the storm that was sort of like in her head, like was in this house, the house would, would have burned down. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's also interesting. She uses the word old three times in three lines. She's an old yeah. woman, her husband's, uh, her old He's man, and it's yep. an old Yo, house. Well, she actually uses four, four times. times. Oh, what's the says fourth? It, well, she says, my old man is another child that's grown oh, old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything's so, old. This, but it, it, it totally mm, establishes that feeling of just like... Missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, like just... Just nothing. Just stillness. Yeah. Like, you could... In this line where she doesn't even explain anything about her life outside of that, like you could see the cobwebs, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just sort of growing in this old house and, and you know, just the, the sense of non-movement. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I will say this considering these four lines, if this song was not used in the M night Shyamalan film old, uh, <laughs> what a massive screw up. Yeah. What, what is a, doing? what a, Blown opportunity. What's Come on. he doing? Come on, M Night. You got funny get thing on the about ball. that. Uh, there is only one song on that soundtrack, and it's younger than mm -hmm. Springtime. And I think wow. it's just because they could get the rights. Like maybe I don't remixes. know. Like twenty yeah. remixes of Younger Than Springtime. The so dance good. mix of Younger Than Springtime is phenomenal. So good, a real banger. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You you want to fill that dance floor? You play Younger Than Springtime. <laughs> um. So this old house would have burned down a long time ago. Make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Okay. Now, uh, first of we all- We should say so this is the chorus. Yeah. Yes, this is the chorus. Um, so she's not saying send me an angel. Ooh. <laughs> I was waiting for that. angel. Right now. Right now? Um, right now. I don't know who sings that, but I'm going to assume it's somebody called like Secret Society or something. It's yeah, always, that's those right. bands are always <laughs> called. 
Um, so make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. So she wants to be an angel that flies away, right? Yeah. Is there she, a thing? She doesn't, she doesn't want someone to construct her an angel. She wants to become an angel. Yeah. Uh, you I know don't it is? know. I think you could read it both ways. I think no. Okay. I think she's I I she's like Jenny in Forrest Gump. Dear God, mm-hmm. make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away from here. Dear God, <laughs> pray with me, Forrest. Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away from I'm here. I'm sorry, was Jenny's thing that she constantly bit her tongue? Because that's what sounds like <laughs> you're, you're doing right now. That's my southern child accent. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I thought of. That's what it is. It's she wants right. something. I don't think, yeah, I don't think she's commissioning an angel for the front lawn. That will fly to Montgomery for her, or fly for well, Montgomery. Well, but then, because, but, but then I will say, because then the next line is, make me a poster of an old rodeo, I, which I'm not sure what, I don't know, how is I, that going to help you? I don't, okay, so here's the thing, and Michael, maybe, maybe you can give a little bit of insight. I try, I'm trying real hard to figure it out. I think what it is, here's what I think it is. I think that second part is, Maybe she has a poster of a of a rodeo, and all she's doing, and we'll get to the later at the at the end of her, at, like at the end of the song. But all she's doing around the house is just looking at stuff around the house, being like, "I wish I was like in that poster. I wish I was an angel that could fly from Montgomery, you know, that could right. fly away from here." So it's it's wishes. It's looking around and wishing it was something more than just a poster of an old rodeo. She uh-huh. wants what's inside of it, which is the 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 energy of a rodeo, but she doesn't have that. But I don't know. Anybody else got anything else? Because I, I, I it's beautiful and I can't figure it out. <laughs> the only thing I will say is I think Bonnie may be asking a question. Does anyone want to guess what question she may be asking when she says, make me a poster of an old rodeo? Question. Could she be, a, if, if I were to phrase this in, a, in another way. Uh-huh. Does it have something to do with printing presses? Could she be asking, you guys, where have all the cowboys gone? Well, yes, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, especially. I mean, for the next we've never verse. done that song, so no. But but the next verse, she talks about a cowboy, and uh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Right. I think you're right, Dan. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I do think yeah I think that's I I think that's a a valid interpretation, Rachel. I think yours is a valid interpretation. I also appreciate your using this podcast as an excuse to do an audition for the upcoming. Uh, Stage musical version of Forrest Gump. Um, Thank you. Was not expecting that. Um, but this you is Rachel's audition so reel. Much. Thank you. Uh, uh, Rachel I'm going to watch her play ping pong. <laughs> 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 my 16 oh, bars on. I mean, there's. there's my 16 no... bars on Lieutenant Dan's Got Legs. Right. I mean, there's, there's Six, no seven, way. Eight. Right. There's no way that someone's not currently trying to crack that right i mean there, oh, it had, like it's in workshop at this point, it's in workshop they, right now they, and if they're not everything. you know copyright copyright yeah. we copyright yeah. that no i again i'm sure they've got three songs written at, at, at some point but um it's called like it's gonna be called something like run forest run or something with that feather that 
always goes through, you know? Oh, the feather yeah. song. Yeah. The feather song, yeah. <laughs> I am a feather. <laughs> I represent random fate. <laughs> the funny thing is, um, I'm sorry, yeah, it's called Michael, Forrest Michael, Michael, hold, Michael, please, please. That was Dan McInerney reading for <laughs> Feather. <laughs> Let him do his slate, Michael. <laughs> okay, thank you. Now, now you can continue. Is the show called Forrest Gump? Yeah, but surprise, yeah. the main character is the Feather. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. This it's the heart of it. Okay, he's got the best song. <laughs> the Feather is, well, no, Fiddler on the Roof actually isn't the lead. Um, but <laughs> so I think both of your interpretations are valid, and I think. Um, the song is written to be vague enough that you would, and we'll get into this in the next section. It's vague enough that you can add your own interpretations. Mm -hmm. I think what she's saying is she wants an angel that will take her away from where she is in Montgomery and Mm. just take her anywhere. I think she wants the excitement of that you would see in, in, uh, an old rodeo poster. I don't. It's it's interesting that her frame of reference, though, is the poster. Yes. She's not saying, um, make me something like some something that I've seen live, something that I right. that I've experienced at this rodeo. She's saying, make me a promotional image that I saw on a wall once, but didn't actually go to the rodeo. Right. Well, and I mean, could it be sort of could it be sort of subtly a thing where. Because, like, I have a lot of, like, let's say I watched the movie Die Hard, right? And that movie's awesome. And I fantasize about, like, well, what if I was caught and, like, I had to kill a whole bunch of terrorists, right? That would be awesome. But that's a fun thing to think about on the couch. But then in reality, I know that wouldn't be good. And also, (laughs) and also I would die, like, immediately because I'm not, I'm not Bruce Willis. My point being is she kind of, like, I don't want to, I don't want to go to a rodeo. I want to live in the fantasy that that rodeo poster represents. You know what I mean? Like, is she understanding of the fact that, like, there is no perfect, perfect rodeo? place? Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like... <laughs> or as Die Hard taught us, there is no perfect Christmas party. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't think... I don't think she's thinking that far into it. I think... Right. She, I think in her mind, any reality would be as good as the fantasy. Any reality is better right. than her current reality. And I think that we can get that from the next line. Okay. Um, that was, that was your lead in. No, no, was that I good? got it. Did I do good? No, I got it. No, I got it. I mean, you're screwing it up now. I was going to say, oh, you're calling no. too much attention to it now. What is like- it? Is, are we recording? <laughs> are people listening to this yeah no this this whole part will be cut out it's not gonna be cut out um, so she says just give me one thing that I can hold on to to believe in this living is just a hard way to go oof yeah uh, gut punch I don't well I don't actually I, that's, explain to me that last line well I think so I think the clue to the first part of the chorus is the first line that you just read, just give me one thing that I can hold on to. So yeah. she make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Make me a poster of an old ro- Make me anything. Like, get me out of here. Like, yeah. something to get out of this current circumstance. 
uh-huh. like the current situation. Yeah. Okay. And then I think what she's saying is to believe in this living is just a hard way to go. She, without these other things to hold on to, like she just wants something that she can hold on to because the thought that this life is all there is, yeah, is just too impossible for her to comprehend. Yes, that's right. Okay. So, so to believe in, so to believe in this life. Yeah. It's just a hard In this yeah. living, meaning like this say- way of living. Right. right, right. But she's saying, okay. Because there's a couple other things where she says it a little weird. So that's fine. Yeah. So to believe it. So when she says to believe in this living, it's just a hard way to go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She's basically, she's the vacuum cleaner from the Flintstones. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> she's it's saying a living. it's a living. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or she's she's a waitress who works in a restaurant <laughs> <She's> a, <laughs> on a she, in a rotating restaurant on the top in a, high a syndicated rise. sitcom yeah. that ran on Channel Nine on Sunday. That, oh, no, yep, there, there's there's no way anybody remembers <laughs> except the three of us. <laughs> it's it's a, a living. <laughs> oh man, those oh, those man. those the I would you know what we gotta do. Well, our next our next podcast endeavor is is, is we have like a an oral history on those weird like syndicated sitcoms I used oh, to run man. only because it's like it literally seemed like they were made in outer space yeah yeah by like <laughs> by like aliens who put it through Google Translate like there was something so weird about those shows so weird like it was a sitcom that was playing in a movie right yeah, yeah exactly yes, yes exactly it was like 100%. it was like. A 30-second clip of a TV show they watched in a movie, yet, yet no one told them, so they just made eight seasons of it for some reason. <laughs> this is that great new sitcom about waitresses in a restaurant uh, in the top floor of an office building. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then those shows were like, okay, so it's it's literally just like four waitresses in a restaurant. That's the whole show. Great. What's the next show about? About a alien that can stop time. What? There's no <laughs> consistency. What are you talking about? Here's what I'm going to say, guys. Um, I, I feel like this woman needs a hug, right? <laughs> this, yeah. this, this is bumming me out. Um, I mean, yeah. Actually, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's part of the song, I think. I kind of, you know what? These songs, here's the thing. When we're doing a story song, like, I need a murder. You know what I mean? I need someone who, like, is in a car that catches on fire. Which, which is, which is to say, like this kind of thing, like I don't know what to tell you, lady. Like your life seems sort of dull, but like I don't know, like just leave or something. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how to help you. Join I a guess. vacation, join which, a vacation which, club or something. You know, or something. Which, admittedly, you know, is a is a very, uh, you know, male impulse when someone tells you a problem. Like you just want to fix it. But I don't like because like if you're if you let's let's say this, you are in a car that's about to get hit by a train. Here's what I would say: get out of the car. Yeah. Don't get hit by that train. Right. I fixed the problem. Yeah. But if you're just you, if you don't just go got back, the don't blues, don't go back for the ring or cake. Don't go back for the ring. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. But if you just got the blues, I don't know what to tell you other than, yeah, just leave Montgomery. Go. Just get out of there. Go do something else. That's all I'm going to say. Easier said than done, That's Mike, all I uh, got, Matt. I guess so. But, you know, I mean, I feel the same way with, with, about Paula Cole, which I already mentioned, which is just like, you know, like, 
I'm gonna do the dishes. You go have a beer. Yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't sound so bad. I don't, uh, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like, so you you first heard that song. She was like, "Where have all the cowboys gone?" You were like, "I don't know. Go find a cowboy." <laughs> Problem solved. When I was a young girl, well, I had me a cowboy. There weren't much to look at, just a free rambling man. When I was a young girl, well, I had me a cowboy. He weren't much to look at, just a free rambling man. Okay. Um, just real quick, my, my impression of her husband. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this, isn't her, th- this isn't her husband, I'm, I don't think. Oh, you don't think so? No, I think this is like a different love that she had. That's hmm. what I think. That's not oh, what I thought. You think it's the husband, and it's like he used to be all like very vibrant, if not. Well, homely, she said he's not. But but yeah, she just said he's not much to look at. First of all, do you know how many songs there are where, <laughs> where and I love it where women are like, hey, it doesn't look, it's not much to look at. <laughs> I mean, but I like yes. I'll take them. Yes. <laughs> there are a lot. There <laughs> yeah, are yeah. a lot of songs with that line in it. Um, yeah. Which now, basically it's, it's means a there's double... a lot of uggos out there, but women <laughs> well, he's, uh, see past it. He's not much for looks and no hero out of books is my man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It is a double-edged sword, yeah. right? Because I would say you, you would never hear a song where a man's like, uh, my wife, nah, she's not that good looking, right? Because you'd be like, that would be incredibly insulting. But at the same time, we've talked about it before, like every song has to mention how beautiful. Right the woman is right so there's kind of you're, you're kind of stuck either way i guess just don't mention well, the looks except the harry but, belafonte song that says if you want to be happy for the rest sure. of your life never make a pretty right i mean i think that's Get i think that's girl the girl to marry you i think that's the point I, of that song i know right um, i th- i must say i think that's the exception that proves the rule yeah. because that's why that song is famous yes but i will <laughs> agree that women 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 Real quick to just throw out the <laughs> my husband is ugly. Just no problem. It's just, just throw that out there. It's not much to look at. Right. It's okay, but it's not that he is ugly. It's that he got ugly. But he, I no, don't think he, he was much to look like much then. To look at back then, he oh, okay. was much to look at. He, it's not he isn't much to. look Maybe he looks better. Maybe he got work done. But um, I think because I, <laughs> I think the I think the point here is that she just said like he, he would he was just he was like the first guy or whatever. And she just settled. No, right? I, I, he wasn't much to look at. He was a free rambling man. See, that's but, funny because the thing I don't, I didn't see it like that, which is I think why I thought it was a different like love. Mine was that he's free and rambling that he was, and he was a cowboy. There was some, there was a bit of, um, uh, like m- almost mystery to him or, or freedom to him. But that was a long time ago. So it was it, he used to be like that, but he's not like that anymore. She didn't care that he that he wasn't much to look at. What she cared about was his free spirit. But that right. free spirit is gone. So yes, 
Well, that but that's why I thought it was her her current man or husband. I'm on board with that. Oh. I'm on board with that almost immediately right. after you guys said it. Oh, okay, good. Or Dan said it. What do you think, Michael? I always thought it was Rachel. What what you said, and then as I was. And this is a song that I've always loved, but like as I was doing the research for this mm-hmm. and listening to it almost constantly, yeah. um, I started thinking about it more and more and I started thinking it was more what Dan said. So I do think both, again, the way this song is written, I think it's open to all interpretations that it right. could be her current husband. It could be just somebody that she used to love before she met her husband and now she's she's looking back and and thinking like oh what if um it could be it's interesting that here's a third interpretation that it's a cowboy um Mm -hmm. when she's already we've already established that she she's has a fantasy of these rodeo posters Uh so like maybe this cowboy she's talking about is just a fantasy Maybe it's not a real person. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think she's that sort of that sort of delusional, I guess isn't the word, but I don't think she's that delusional that she makes up this fantasy cowboy. I do think it's somebody from from her past because I think she is longing for time time uh gone by. Yeah, or no, I time agree already that. spent. So I think that and I do think it it, it does color the song if it is her husband because she's not only looking at what could have been with somebody else like it's a whole different life but if it's her husband it's even and and he was originally this sort of free rambling man that she's she felt she's felt this energy with the fact that she's not feeling that anymore just adds to that idea of missed opportunities and loss of this of loss of time and and you know yeah and, and if this cowboy that she's talking about ended up being the man that she married it's about now it's about two people whose <laughs> lives have been broken by the passage of time and, and and there's the idea of you know it's that once you have what you want then what so it's like mm-hmm. after right. happily ever after maybe so mm-hmm. she wanted a rodeo she wants a rodeo now she had a cowboy. She got the cowboy. And then what? And then settled mm-hmm. into a mundane life, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, just the, so the only reason I, I thought that it was the husband, just because she says, when I was a young girl, well, I had me a cowboy. He wasn't much to look at, just a free rambling man. Well, that was a long time. And no matter how I try, those years just flow by like a broken down dam. Now- right. Only, only to say that, like, I feel like if that was someone else, that there would be a thing about, like, you know, oh, I lost him somewhere or whatever. Right, right. But it just makes it, and again, I don't know, but I mean, it just makes it seem like, you know, she had this cowboy, and then they both grew old <laughs> and boring and whatever together. Yep. Um, and you know, and also, I mean, not that, not necessarily, but I also feel like even if her old boyfriend, who was a free rambling cowboy wasn't much to look at she'd probably like in her mind he'd like every year he'd get a little better looking right you know what right. i mean like, like yep. just, yeah yeah i i agree with that too dan i think that the idea in that last line she's talking more about the years than about the 
lost love, basically. Right. You know what I mean? The yeah, years yeah. that have gone by, like a broken down dam. So yeah. she had the man. It's the years that were lost. Right. Yeah. And again, I also feel like the, you know, the whole, like he, he very much look at just a free rambling man. Like, you know, I, 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 I feel like he, even then he, he was good enough. He was fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like it, she, this wasn't some like great love that they had. Right. It was just like, yeah, whatever. But um, also to, to, uh, to sort of echo Michael in the previous verse, uh, no matter how hard I try, no matter how I try, those years just flow by like a broken down dam. Yeah. Great line. Yeah. Great now, line. I'll say this, but I'm going to say this, that water's going to put that fire out. So that really worked out. <laughs> Helped at the, help with the House of Desire and, uh, <laughs> really and dreams. Out. Yep. It's a broken down dam is a real temporary help for a fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's a whole new problem. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's there's three seconds of yay the fire's out. Oh no! <laughs> out of the fire into the lost everything Broken, in a flood. Yeah, into yeah. the flood. Um, I think, and I think what's great about that line is that it could be so many other things that represent the passage of time, but like the broken down dam is just like this. It's powerful. It's unstoppable. It's it's fast. You're trying to hold it. Well, back. that's the thing. You yeah. just trying to every, hold it back you, and you, can't. you know that you know that feeling. We've all seen it. That feeling of the water that's rushing at a pace that is scary. Even if you're not near it, it's just like you're like that water's going too fast. Right. I've never seen water move that fast before. <laughs> so I think yeah. I I just there's a very clear image of yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna out it and say I know that feeling of just being like Jesus. It's already May. Like my right. God, time is just flying by. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. So yeah, I think that's a really good metaphor. You know, or or her being like, yeah, this guy's good enough, but you know, I'll probably I'll hang out with him for a little while and then I'll find someone better. What thirty years is gonna sure, by? What sure. the hell just happened? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. also sure. that sort of feeling. So. And it, um, it also echoes the early lines where uh, her old man is another child that's grown old. Mm-hmm. The passage of time, the the relentless passage of time. Right. Um, the name of the band that sang Send Me an Angel, Real Life. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which sounds like the name yep. of a band in a movie. That's that, right. Well, that sounds like the name of the band that sings the song Send Me an Angel. So yeah. even, even though I got neither word right on my guess, I think we all know I was right. <laughs> right? Yep. Well done, sir. Thank you. So, <laughs> and uh, now singing "Send Me an Angel," actual band. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. There's flies in the kitchen. I can hear them they're buzzing, and I ain't done nothing since I woke up today. First of all, that sounds great. <laughs> Just listening to flies buzzing around the kitchen? No, no, no. Nothing? Not doing anything since you woke up today. Mm. 
Yeah. You just love a lazy Sunday. Don't you just yeah, love Yeah, those days where it's uh, like, oh my God, my to-do list is, <laughs> I have so many things I've got to do. What'd you end up getting done? I didn't do, I just, thing. I took a day for me. That's right. Right. That's and right. And you know what? It was worth it. Mm-hmm. Girl, mm. get yourself some self-care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't feel like she's she's uh, at any point during this. She said, "Treat yourself." I think maybe <laughs> there might be something else the, going on here. If there wasn't the first line about hearing flies buzzing around the kitchen, I'd be like, "Yeah, pretty nice little you know day for myself." Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, that's depressing. The buzzing. <laughs> The sound of buzzing flies is a depressing is a depressing sound. Yeah. Yeah, again that's that's a great it's a great line and it's a great detail. Right. Cuz mm. like just the fact that it's flies it could be anything, you know? Like but yeah. the fact that it's flies flies don't usually hang out around things that are like lively. Yeah. And vibrant. No, it's a it's a it's a like omen of stagnation. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, it's yeah. <laughs> this house with no uh, with no um, desire or uh, what was it dreams? Yeah, or so many dreams but unfulfilled dreams. Right, this old house. Have I told you guys? I must have told you at some point, right? About when I lived in that house in Sunnyside, I was renting a room in that weird old mansion in Sunnyside. Yeah, um, Sunnyside Queens. It is. Yep. And uh the I guy who owned well. the house the guy who owned the house uh for no discernible reason. At this point that guy was such a weirdo I had like tried to avoid him at all costs so I never asked. Um but it decided he was going to put an addition on the house. <laughs> and so he and so he cut a hole in the in the kitchen wall to the outside, right? <laughs> Uh, I'm just, I, Rachel's nodding. Like, I think she knows where this yeah, goes. Yeah. So he, j- he just cut a big hole in the, in the, in the wall to the outside and then stopped. That's as far as he got with his addition to the house. So the house, this was the middle of the summer. So the house was full of bugs, just full of all kinds of flying insects of all kind. And his solution to that was to put bug zappers in every room <laughs> in the downstairs of the house. Um, I, uh, very quickly moved out. Yeah. So I never asked him <laughs> what the plan was here. Uh, he just, he just, he just cut a hole in, in the house. That was the whole so, plan. You called your landlord and said, um, hi, I don't want to bother you, but there's flies in the kitchen. I can, I can hear them. They're buzzing. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, Are he you said, sure? He's like, yeah, I can, I can hear them. They're buzzing. Trust me. Right. I ain't done nothing since I woke up today. Except listen to these flies. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know if either of you guys were there, but my plan was I had a bunch of people show up, um, and I moved all my stuff out. Uh, I feel like we, I definitely was, we definitely visited that apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was a room, uh, not an apartment. But, but um, but anyway, I had all the people showed up. I moved my stuff out. I was gone, and then I waited for him to come back. Uh, and he he walked up to the door, and I said, uh, "I moved out," and I, I handed him <laughs> the keys and left um, because I was like, "I'm not going to deal with this guy." Anyway, um, so as far as the kitchen, I can hear them buzzing, and I ain't done nothing since I woke up today. How the hell can a person go to work in the morning 
and come home in the evening and have nothing to say. <sighs> Here's so the thing. I will, you definitely I will say hear this. her frustration in this line. Yes. Right. So, and I think that's why, like the 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 whatever the free rambling man, whatever attracted her in the first place, it just sort of it's the gone. light just the light just went out. Right. But here's what I'm going to say. I I fully understand your frustration, Bonnie. Okay. But I find it very easy to go to work <laughs> and come <laughs> home and really not have a lot to talk about uh, from that day at work, or at least something but, I want to talk about. So that's the only thing I'm going to say. It's the only thing I'm going to say. Only thing I'm gonna say. But, yeah. But I think that, but, the, but you still say stuff. It might not be sure. about work, but. Right, right. right. This is, these are two people living separately in one house. Right. Yeah. That's what I feel. Like, and, and like I said, I think it. Living in a house divided. Share. There you go. And I think that having the cowboy be her husband makes it sadder. Again, yeah. because the slip into complete, like, almost regret is. Uh, is really t- is really tough to take, and this last line of she's just like you said, Michael. Like she's just so frustrated. All, all she wants to do is have somebody to talk to, and she doesn't even have that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's almost magnified by the fact that she she says she hasn't. I, I ain't done nothing since I woke up today. She does. She hasn't done anything all day. She doesn't even have the energy to to or the the. Or doesn't care enough to shoo the flies right away from the kitchen. Uh, she's just sitting there listening to them buzzing from another room, and her husband comes home from work with nothing to say. So she's got an entire day where she has nothing going on and no one to connect with. Right. Even when, even when she's with her husband, she is alone. Um. And the sad thing about this, and I think it, it, to your point, it makes it sadder if the cowboy is the husband. What's really sad about this is it's almost like a, it's a you don't bring me flowers situation, you know? Yes. Like there's, yep. there's, no, there's no anger or animosity. There's frustration, but there's no, it, it wasn't, they didn't fall out of love. Right. Or they, they did fall out of love. That was it. There, it wasn't like... But there wasn't It was a just fight. slowly... Yeah. yeah. There was nothing that caused it. It was just two people, little by little over the years, falling out of love. It's just settling into this, yeah, into this, yeah. Um, this rut, yeah, of like resentfulness. And the, the, the dreams and desires were... It's almost like the dreams and desires were to have dreams and desires. Yeah. You know? Ugh. Ugh. I know. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do it just a quick counter argument and say this. I put a note on the fridge that said, please go to the hardware store and get some flypaper. Okay? <laughs> you had to do one thing today. One thing I go to work all day. You had to do one thing. Get rid of these flies. All right. <laughs> so they are that's all. my only company, cowboy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? If I didn't hear them buzzing, I wouldn't hear anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be in a mm-hmm. freaking like uh one of those deprivation chambers. <laughs> <laughs> um and he says 
you would hear something all day. It's the early 70s. We're in the golden age of soap operas. There's plenty yeah. of daytime TV. Yeah. This this is the real sad part of this story is that Michael didn't get to live in 1974 and watch General Hospital or whatever. This would have... This, <laughs> this, 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 that is... Michael, you... You this watching, is early days, all my children. This would be okay, amazing. You sitting on a on a um like a flannel couch in mm. 1974, <laughs> watching what did you say? All my children? Which one did yeah. you just say? Okay, was was that? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, all yeah. my children. Okay, yes. That is your rodeo poster. That is the <laughs> fantasy that yeah. you <laughs> you yeah. want to live inside yeah. of. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. I mean, more, yeah. more like more, probably more, you know, fifties soap operas, but yeah, early days, all my children, that was good stuff. Mm. Okay. Well, whatever, you know, Michael, um, it's your fantasy. <laughs> that's right. You do whatever you want. <laughs> and they all involve watching TV. Look, um, I'm, look, I'm killing terrorists at Nakatomi Tower. You're watching, you know, whatever. What, uh, just a lot of TV. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I'm recording a podcast with my two dearest friends <laughs> i'm living my dream you guys <laughs> my two dear friends tom hanks and <laughs> peter scalari <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry what did you say peter <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah i mean i don't want to go too much on a bummer too but I, she's just like I mean, she's just like clinically depressed, right? If you just sit around all day listening to the flies. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't think we I, had those words in 1974, but that's what's going on here, right? Well, I mean, I, mean I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know if, you know, where it's like, you know, you do this and that and you don't, it's like, what'd you do today? I didn't really do much. I just, you know, clean the bathroom and I clean the kitchen and I, I mean that's you fine know, for one day, right? But yeah, she didn't even do but, that. That's what I'm saying. I'm not I mean, not. I'm maybe not that she, she like did, needs to do but that. But I'm saying is maybe she did. It just didn't fit right. in the you know. Yeah, when she says I ain't done nothing since I woke up today, she probably did all that. She probably did all of her day to day stuff, right. which could be a ton of stuff. But she didn't do anything out of the ordinary. She didn't do anything anything for herself, or she didn't do anything worth talking about. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I think we just cracked it. <laughs> and that's the same thing for her husband who goes to work, comes home, has nothing to say. Neither of them have anything to say because they so, haven't done anything worth saying to the other. So in a way, I I bet you there is a bizarro world where he has this song could be sung from his side as well. And he has yeah. that same final line. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, mister, you mister. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's, he's like, like how, he's like Angel he- from Montgomery just wants what's best for you. Right. How can you? How can you? That be was home the pop and preach yeah. response. Got it. Yeah, yeah. No, we know. We know. Okay. For um, those who don't, how? Yeah. How can you be home all day and not have anything? Yeah. Yeah. How can? <laughs> yeah. It would exactly. Be, how can I come go to work in the morning, come home in the evening, and you have nothing to say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how can I go to work in the morning, come home in the evening, and those flies are still in the kitchen? Yeah. But I mean, even like I was making the comparison to "You Don't Bring Me Flowers." There's one of the lines in that song is you hardly talk to me anymore when you come through the door at the end of the day. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's the same sort of falling out of love or falling into a routine that makes them drift apart. Yep. The banality of life. Another peppy, peppy tune from Michael Gazelle. (laughs) 
I'm desperately trying to think of a joke that can take us out of this. Uh, boy, well, you can just read know. the chorus again if you want. She does say the chorus. Yeah, I think just oh. sink back into the despair. Yeah. Okay. Um, make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Make me a poster of an old rodeo. Uh, just give me one thing that I can hold on to. To believe in this living is just a hard way to go. To believe in this living is just a hard way to go. Oh, and this is where, and then she slips on a banana peel? Huh, that's <laughs> Real funny. Odd. So good. Uh, that's pretty it good. It ends with a slide whistle. You would, it's that's pretty so good. weird. <laughs> she, goes, she goes like this. He's right behind me, isn't he? And then there's a huge, <laughs> there's a huge laugh. And then, and then the, and then the, it's a living theme song plays. <laughs> So, oh, that Bonnie Ray. Oh. She is the weird <laughs> Al of her time. And then, and then, yeah. And then a nine year old Dan Macarty goes, Well, I guess I wasted another Sunday afternoon. I don't know why <laughs> I watch these stupid shows. Um, all right. But I do. Yeah. I will say, just to bring it down again, the, the repetition yeah. of to believe in this living is a hard way to go. So she does the entire course and then repeats that line is such. <laughs> Such a sense of despair to end this song, yeah. Because it's it's almost as if she's repeating it to herself, yeah. Like where it's mm. like, just cannot believe, yeah. That this is this, this is, is it. it, you guys. This is it. It's just uh, me and the flies. <laughs> <laughs> me and Jeff Goldblum. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that'd yeah. be something exciting. Yeah, that'd be fun. Never a dull Absolutely. moment with that guy. Till he oh. turns into a fly. Well, that's fun too, but, though. I mean, at least I mean, something's happening. Something. Yeah, I mean, true. I'll say this. I'll say this. If I went to work <laughs> and my coworker turned into a fly, oh, I'd have something to talk about when I got home. <laughs> I'd be a uh, real chatty when I walked in the door. Honey, call me Kafka because I've got a story for you. <laughs> uh, you know that really weird guy at work? Well, somehow he got even weirder, okay? Because first he was Jeff Goldblum and he was like a real twitchy weirdo and then he turned into a fly. So it would be funny if... Mm-hmm. On the day that that happened, he comes home yeah. from work and he, he's like, how was work? Eh, it's fine. Nothing happened. Yeah. And then like little by little, like a couple weeks later, they're talking and <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. It's like that time that guy turned into a fly. Like who turned into a fly? What Did I not that? tell you? I have a coworker <laughs> oh. who turned into a fly. You know my coworker, Jeff Goldblum? You work with Jeff yeah. Goldblum? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he turned into a fly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're working on the new stage musical of Forrest Gump. There's a stage musical of Forrest Gump? <laughs> You're a choreographer? Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm going to get in my spaceship. We have a spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time we spoke? <laughs> you know what? I guess it's been a while. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do Expanded Universe. Expanded Universe. Um, we've had a lot of cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this related to the redhead stranger? Somehow? Um, is this, I mean, maybe, to... maybe that's why if, if the cowboy isn't her husband, mm-hmm. um, maybe that's how the cowboy disappeared. Oh. He just went from town to town. Yeah. And what'd that guy do? He killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, he, they, he, he, yeah. He, he, he got shot revenge. a woman. Yeah. Oh no. He shot. Yeah. He shot the woman? He shot the woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, he shot the woman. He shot the clerk. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He shot the <laughs> shot he shot car? the sheriff. He shot the sheriff. Uh, <laughs> did he shoot he the deputy? Shoot, he did not shoot. No, he did not shoot the deputy. He did not, not shoot the deputy. No, I know. That's huh. a weird thing. Yeah. Interesting. Um, do you yeah. think um, mm-hmm. the um, the horse on the rodeo posters could be wildfire? Mm-hmm. Can, can I? I think so. Can I tell you something real quick? I was listening to Sirius XM the other day, and Wildfire came mm-hmm. on, followed directly mm-hmm. by this song. So the answer is Wha- yes. Wha- the wha- answer is what? yes. Wow, that's uh-huh. amazing. Um, I was driving, or I would have t- called you guys. Um, I will say this: I uh, I don't have Sirius XM anymore. Um, but when I did have it, and I would listen to it. Uh, they loved Wildfire. They love it. They, I would hear oh, yeah. that song <laughs> all the it. time. Now, admittedly, the stations I was listening to, um, you know, might have increased the chances, but still, I was like, I have never heard. Oh this yeah, song. Ghost Horse Radio. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> but I was like, I've never heard this song until we did an episode on it, and then I heard it like fifty times. <laughs> yeah. uh, after that, it was on constantly. It's um, a great song. yeah. So Wildfire, Redhead Stranger, um. um I mean, I I think, mm -hmm. I think, um, well, one, I think we could safely say that I bet that she wishes that she only agreed to marry this guy for a year. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no love, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, she's really thinking back. She was like, I should have made that clear a long time ago. You gotta, (laughs) you gotta tell him you'll sing the sunshine. Yeah. Early on. That one year we really sang in the sunshine. um, Yeah. And sang every day, and then it was all, all downhill after yeah. that first <laughs> we, year. We, we we sang every day, and then we didn't. We never talked again. I never should have renewed that's, that that's contract. Um, <laughs> every year, yeah, it's it's first year's free, and then after that, you're you're locked in. Yeah, for, <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. You think uh, Sunny used uh, dreams and desire to burn down that house? I was yeah. Sunny Sunny well, came home. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe oh maybe that when the when the cops finally arrested her maybe that was her her alibi or her uh, her yeah. alibi she was like look I didn't burn the house down because I mean what if desire was lightning then that house would burn down the cops like well you got me there <laughs> all right what if desire was lightning I hadn't thought of that let her right, go well, fellas yeah uh, thank you for your time ma'am <laughs> tipped her hat uh, cop, did you co- did you not cop know? gets all the way home. <laughs> Cop gets on the whole wife's like, uh, what happened at work today? Well, this woman said, what if Desire was lighting? She brought that, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to call. What am I talking about? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> to which the cop's wife said, well, it's just you and me now, flies. Yeah. Um, this, <laughs> this is why, this is why she's the opposite. She's like, please don't tell me what happened during the day. Yeah. Please just stop talking. Yeah. There was this woman standing in front of a uh, burnt down house with a mm-hmm. lighter in her hand, and she said, you know, lightning is desire. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I got to go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good um, at my job. <laughs> I mean, what she did say was, uh, it's like thunder and lightning. The way you love me is frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to knock, knock, knock. On wood. On um, wood. Mm-mm, yes. Uh, I don't have anything. Okay, I think um, um mm-hmm. if she she hasn't done anything mm-hmm. today, um, I'm guessing while her husband's at work and and she's not doing anything except for listening to flies, she's probably sitting in her window, yeah. and letting her imagination run away with her. 
Mm. Oh yeah, she's on the other side of that street, looking out yeah, another yeah, yeah. window. Yeah, she's she's watching uh, <laughs> Watch the guy her. from the Temptations, yeah. watching somebody else, yeah. and she waves to him, and and he's not even paying attention. No, that's how sad she is. Um, <laughs> she definitely, she definitely is one of the people who bought Pearl's record. Mm. Yeah, songs for the lost and the lonely. Or she, yeah, I think or, I think Pearl sings for her. Yeah, or she just, or that's what the fly sound is. That it's just well, Pearl's, that's Pearl's uh, experimental album. That's a B side. Yeah, that's, that's the all B-side. she does all. That's all she does all day is just listen to Pearl single over and over again. Yeah, yeah, and just listens to it. Uh, what do you think the husband does for a living? I thought we said Rocket Man. Uh, I was just wondering Dan maybe Builder? he drives in a convoy. Oh, maybe. maybe that's that actually um makes it even meaner that he doesn't say anything when he gets he has home. Nothing from to say. <laughs> like, you've been gone for three months. What happened? Uh, nothing. Uh, talk to me, <laughs> Chris happened. Christopherson. I was gonna say because let me say this: you can say a lot of things about Chris Christopherson, but you can't say he's not much to look at. Because... Yeah, that's true. Ooh, doggy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it's Chris. I'll say that. Are you sure you didn't do anything at work? He's like, well, we, we had a great big convoy, but that's yeah. that's it. I mean, I guess we had a convoy that drove all the way across the country and, you know, the na- they call the National Guard. I mean, I guess is that important? We, we faced down a um, tank, but yeah, what? But just just another Tuesday, basically. Just another Tuesday. <laughs> just what I do every day. Same Ernest Borgnine. You know Ernest Borgnine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. he's he, <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, he plays the Haley Joel Osment uh, part in my uh, <laughs> Forrest Gump musical. <laughs> uh, all right, well let's leave it there. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with story behind the story. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, guys, there's no question that the last few years have been a bit rough. Maybe you're feeling scared or anxious or confused, and you just need someone to talk to. Heck, it would be weirder if you didn't. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Or you're not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles. And start feeling better. Because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really all about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And as a special offer to Story Song Podcast listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash storysong, all one word. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash storysong. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. 
Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, welcome back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Uh, but before we do that, Ooh. we have another five star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, if you Yay. are someone, if you are someone out there in audience land listening to this, and you're like, another review, I got good news for you. This one's short and sweet. Yeah. Uh, I get this real fast. <laughs> short, real fast. short, sweet to the point. This is from Danny one four three two. Not me. Um, and but you were born January 4th, 1932. 1832. Wait a minute. 1832. <laughs> Dan. Oh, no. You've revealed I'm an immortal <laughs> vampire. Um, the headline is, love the Human League episode. Uh, and it says, one of my favorite songs. Glad you mentioned Fascination. Also, I used to have the 12-inch. The end. Thank Great. you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank Danny. you, Danny. Thank you. One, four, three, two. Love it. Love it. And, uh, yeah, all right, let's get into it. Michael. Yes. Please tell us the story behind the story. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I'm going to start with our usual caveat, um, mm -hmm. because in the case of Angel from Montgomery, we have um, a songwriter and we have a singer, uh, neither of whom are small potatoes. So Yeah. They're not um, well known. Not either yeah. of them. <laughs> We're- uh, Real ones and duns, those two. Totally. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about very large careers and sort of with the focus on this song. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's it ain't going to be everything. You know, the thing about um, Bonnie Reyes, once they were at the top, is that she's one of those, and not that I'm surprised, but she's one of those people that you find out later that, like, people who really know how to play guitar. Uh-huh. Are like she's one of the best ever. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And you're like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> like I didn't know. Like no, she's like top five of all time. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, great. Like yeah, it's just one of those things because like, but it's one of those things because like I see her play guitar. She's obviously very good at guitar, but I don't know what like great guitar playing looks like. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, she's playing guitar. She's like, good, but they're like, no, 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 no. You don't she get it. She knows what she's doing. You don't <laughs> it's get it. She she does it fairly effortlessly. Right. Yeah. She right, doesn't right. do like the rock and roll face much, where they scrunch up their faces. The rock and roll guitarists. I guess she's that just is playing the song. Right, right. I guess that is part of it too. Like she's not showy, right? She's right. not showing you how awesome she is. As she's just quietly like, 
I know I'm one of the best. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's cool. You know, as much as we're focusing on this song, when you're talking about Bonnie Raitt, you do have to talk about how cool she is because she is yes. the coolest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Angel from Montgomery was written by John Prine, and the version that we're talking about is the recording by Bonnie Raitt. Um, the original version, um, written and recorded by John Prine, first appeared on his self-titled debut album in 1971. Mm-hmm. The album, John Prine, was released in October of 71 and includes several of his signature songs, which would go on to be recorded by countless artists. Uh, in addition to Angel from Montgomery, the album includes Sam Stone, Paradise, and Hello in There, which, uh, as debut <sighs> albums go, not bad. No, not too shabby. No. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with those songs, but um, Hello in There, I mean, that is oh, one of the saddest songs ever. Out. Yeah. Sam Stone. Real sad. <laughs> he he knows how to write a sad song. They're and they're yeah. great. Um, his songs have been recorded by a wide variety of artists, including Chris Christopherson, Joan Baez, Dwight Yoakam, George Strait, Miranda Lambert, Zach Brown Band, Johnny Cash, who probably recorded the most famous version of Sam Stone, and Bette Midler, who recorded probably the most famous version of Hello in There. Mm-hmm. Oh, that version. Is just and we spoke about it because uh, we, when we were speaking about another song, we we talked about this previously. It might have been was it Martha? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot because we were talking about Tom Waits and Bette Midler, but yeah, Bette Midler is singing "Hello" in there. If you just want to have yourself a good cry, just yeah. just go ahead. <laughs> if you ever, uh, yeah, if you got one of those days where you just got to cry it out, that's, a, that's a, a good song to do. It there's to. a line. It just says, we lost the baby in the Korean War. I still don't know what for. And oh my gosh. Come on. Yeah. Here's, uh, what, I'm gonna, here's, here's what I'm going to say. I'm a, I'm a, I consider myself a John Prine super fan. Okay. Uh, I, I, I discovered him a few years ago. Not a few, like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, became obsessed, consumed everything. Love, 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 love. You want maybe, John, I'm just going just, to, this, just, this is just me talking here. Just throwing this out here, just a bit of advice. Maybe you just throw on like a disco duck, right? On every album, <laughs> just something to lighten the mood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just something like some with some with fart sounds. That's all I'm saying. Just try <laughs> see what happens. We, what we're saying is 99% John Prine, one percent yeah. Weird Al, and that's, that that's would make I'm a getting. perfect album. Just see what happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Well, this debut album that we're talking about, um, the last what track. You- yeah, that they ended up cutting for some reason was the yeah. electric mm-hmm. slide. Okay, right. again, so. write a dance, try a dance song, John. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say <laughs> the like, what side of below awesome? in there was uh, was uh, do the hustle. <laughs> would it be awesome? No, that's it. You said weird. Would it be awesome if he like then parodied himself? Like the last song was called like John Scone. And it was all about it was all about pastries, you know what I mean? But really, just like I'm just saying, it would, it would end the it would end the album on yeah. kind of a, uh, something fun. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You know, as a goof, as a goof. <laughs> <laughs> so, of the cover versions of his songs, um, Billboard said each unique cover highlights the act's originality while maintaining Prine's memorable storytelling. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about John Prine and that memorable storytelling. Okay. Okay, Let's do it. (laughs) So John Prine was born October 10th, 1946 in the suburbs of Chicago. 
After graduating uh, from high school in the mid-1960s, he was unsure of what he wanted to do for a career, so he took a job working for the United States Post Office. Most of the songs from his debut album were written while he was on his postal route. Um, according to Rolling Stone, he said, I just go off into a dream world and stay out there and deliver the mail. Mm -hmm. So that's why it takes so long <laughs> to get mail. So uh, if you're fault. wondering <laughs> why your Christmas gifts didn't arrive on time. Um, <laughs> yeah. In 1971. Your, yeah, your mailman was off in La La Land. <laughs> they're, they're, they're still dealing with the backlog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Prine is busy writing a classic album. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they call it the John Prine supply chain issue. In that Rolling Stone article that I mentioned a moment ago, um, he described his early songs by saying, a lot of the stuff I was writing about were things I saw and felt and didn't hear them in songs. It was about certain silent things that people didn't talk about, and when they were talked about, it was probably in an argument or dismissed. He said it was all stuff about communication or non-communication. Interesting. So he was, oh, wow. I, I never noticed this, but yeah, so a lot of it is about the internal thoughts people have and bringing them to the, to the forefront. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what this is. That's what Hello in There is. He has that way of being able to, to talk about, to make internal thoughts into great songs. There's, an inc there's just an incredible empathy yeah. in everything. Yes. In everything he talks about. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. Like you, just, you just know these people, like from just a few lines, you feel like you know them so well. Mm -hmm. And... um. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it, but I just like yeah. you just you you know you know their their regret, their sadness. A lot of them are in a bad place, but you know, they 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 you understand how they got there. Yeah. Um, yeah. and again it and, and just a few lines, it makes it so clear. Yeah, and I think he has this ability as a storyteller and as um somebody who creates these characters to I think the experience of listening to his music is different for everybody, but like mm -hmm. you can picture everything about the story. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like Angel from Montgomery, like, you know, the house, you know what it looks like, you yeah. know, it's probably, it's a different interpretation for everybody, but like, you know who this woman is, mm -hmm. you know who her husband is, like you can, he, he has a way of helping you to envision everything in the scene. Yeah. He creates like four minute long plays. Yeah. Yeah, they're completely um, full. Yeah. Um, if you are a Story Song super fan, um, you might know that uh, for the Song Facts podcast, their Christmas episode uh, last year, uh, I, I did um, John Prine's Christmas in Prison mm -hmm. um, and talked about a lot about this stuff. But just the line every time is just like, it was Christmas in prison and the food was real good is the first line. And just that alone yeah. is just so heartbreaking because you know this, this is the one day of the year. Yeah. Right? It's the sure. one day of the year when things are good. Yeah. <laughs> because he wouldn't have mentioned it otherwise. And it's such a simple thing. But it, it, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. And he, he does have that. And that's a perfect example. Like he has this ability to, um, to, to give you this one detail. He doesn't say, like, this was the one day of the year that they put a little right. extra effort into the food. 
he says from the first person of this character on Christmas Day, the food was good. And yeah. you're yeah. led to believe like the rest of the year it's not. Um, right. In one line with one detail without telling you anything, he's telling you everything. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff, what he's saying about communication, non-communication, like all this, the, the internal thoughts of the characters. I think a lot of these characters are thinking, where's my mail, John? Right. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I need my mail. Without my mail, I can't pay my bills. If I can't pay my bills, I'll lose my house. Right. So your concern and, is the and, and, importance yes. of the that's, mail. That's what, that's, what I, that's what a woman is saying to him, and he's like, mm, this would make a great story. So you lose the house. <laughs> you lose the baby. My husband goes to jail. No, John, this is literally what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't. I'm just, I'm just taking notes. Do you mind? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, the songs that he wrote uh, early on while working for the postal service, he took those songs and uh, brought them to open mic nights, mm-hmm. and he became known in the Chicago folk scene. And by 1970, at the age of 23. He was performing weekly at a folk club in Chicago called The Fifth Peg. Mm-hmm. One night, um, the film critic from the Chicago Sun-Times um, randomly went uh, to uh, The Fifth Peg and saw him perform. Um, and although he wasn't the music critic for the paper, he did decide to write an article about John Prine's performance um, that would run the next day. Um, and it became John Prine's first ever review. That critic mm-hmm. was a little-known writer named Roger Ebert. Yeah. Oh my God! Uh, the article. So good. Yeah. <laughs> the article was published on Friday, October 9th, nineteen seventy, uh, one day before his birthday, and was titled "Singing Mailman Who Delivers a Powerful Message in a Few Words." Mm. And uh, and then that became that's all you John need to know about That John became Prine. John Prine's next song. That's mm-hmm. his, that was mm-hmm. his next yeah. song. He was like, uh, <laughs> this, this one writes itself. a song about a mailman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in his review, Roger Ebert said, he appears on stage with such modesty, he almost seems to be backing into the spotlight. He sings rather quietly, and his guitar work is good, but he doesn't show off. He starts slow, but after a song or two, even the drunks in the room begin to listen to his lyrics, and then he has you. Mm. Of it. those lyrics, Roger Ebert said, you wonder how anyone could have so much empathy and still be looking forward to his 24th birthday on Saturday. Oh, wow. That's what I said. Empathy. Wow. Yeah. See? See? How come I'm not a film critic? I, I, <laughs> I feel like that's... I, it's funny because, you know, saying that he has this amount of empathy and stuff at the age of 24, it does bring me back and it does connect a bit to Tom Waits. They, they both have that similarity, especially early on in their careers of somehow being wiser than their age mm-hmm. they, than yeah. they should be for their age. You know what I mean? So according to Rolling Stone, Prine said, I didn't have an empty seat after that because of Roger Ebert. So uh, one of those seats uh, at one point after the Ebert article came out was filled by singer, songwriter, actor, Chris Christofferson. Mm. Uh, who was invited by John Prine's friend and fellow musician Steve Goodman to see him perform. Uh, from that performance, Chris Christopherson became a huge advocate of John Prine and even invited Prine to perform with him at the Bitter End in New York City. The next day, he was signed to Atlantic Records. 
Chris Christopherson, for longtime listeners of this show, also starred in the film version of Convoy. Mm-hmm. Convoy. Shirtless mm-hmm. film star and musician, Chris <laughs> Christopherson. <laughs> and he was in the film that inspired, um, oh, what was that song? Don't You Want Me? Yes, that's right. Which is A Star is Born. So this yes. is the, yeah, yeah. That's right. the Chris Christopherson yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He's also the he was he was also voted man most likely to punch your face in for looking <laughs> at him wrong. So Yeah. Chris uh, we're, we're changing the name of the show to the uh Christopher cast. So one of the early songs that he wrote was Angel from Montgomery. Um and in his review, Roger Ebert said of the song, Prine's lyrics work with poetic economy to sketch a character in just a few words. Mm-hmm. Which is everything we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I said, I said you're not so great, Roger. I said that too. I literally just said that. Yeah. Yeah, like you're it's, so great. It's as if Roger Ebert was listening to our podcast that we're doing right now. Yes. Right. But in 1970. That's right. So that's that's yeah. where he got that idea right. from. But so what you're saying traveling. is we are not original. No, I'm saying Roger Ebert time traveled. No. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Listened to this podcast and he was like, I'm going to write this review. Mm, okay. Well, yeah. Um. So the origin of uh, Angel from Montgomery, it was kind of suggested to Prine by a friend. So his good friend and fellow folk musician, Eddie Holstein, suggested that they write a song together. Being a fan of Hello in There, he suggested writing, quote, another song about old people. <laughs> Prine said that he had said everything he wanted to say with Hello in There, but suggested writing a song about a middle-aged woman who felt like an old woman. Holstein was not interested. <laughs> Bad decision. Yeah. Um, but uh, Prine kept thinking about it and um, got more and more interested in the idea. And later that day, he wrote the opening lines of the, so- of the song, I Am an Old Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, in an interview with American songwriter, John Prine said, I had this really vivid picture of this woman standing over the dishwasher with soap in her hands and just walking away from it all. He also said she lived in Montgomery, Alabama, and she wanted to get out of there. She wanted to get out of her house and her marriage and everything. She just wanted an angel to come and take her away from all this. And her memory of this cowboy she had once, or whether she had him or not, it doesn't matter now. Aha. So there you go. Interesting. So we got some answers to what that, a little bit to what that means. Well, an an answer in that it is not really a full answer. Right. I mean, like what we were saying, like so much of it is open to interpretation. Yeah. I don't like that. I want a a straight answer. (laughs) Just tell me what it is. No, I don't want any ambiguity. Just just tell me exactly what it is. Dan Straightforward Mm. McInerney. That's what they call him. (laughs) John Prine's recording of this song, his own recording from his album, um, is also performed in the first person. He sings the opening line, I am an old woman. He told American songwriter... I got asked years later lots of times how I felt I could get away with writing a woman's song first person, and that never occurred to me because I already considered myself a writer, and writers are any gender you want. You write from the character, and how can you go wrong? Yep. And he said, once I've got an outline, a sketch in my mind of who the person is, then I figure I'd better let them speak for themselves. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that I like too. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just everything he does is so character driven. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 
Yeah, it's also char- their character sketches and to try to adjust it to fit the gender that the singer is. Yeah. Him being John Prine, it it wouldn't work. And it's and it does a disservice to the character. Yeah, it loses so much. If he was to say she is an old woman. Yes. You know, like it's it's completely different. And 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 if she, and he if he did things like that, then it puts uh it 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 puts a a judgment so to speak on her or, or an external an external beings sort of feelings onto the character as opposed to like he says letting the character speak for themselves yeah yeah there's there's no judgment if she's telling her own story correct until she starts talking about her husband well then she's just being judgmental but that's different (laughs) (laughs) she's like how the hell can you go to work in the morning you tell me (laughs) come home in the evening i have nothing to say also take off your shoes at the door (laughs) And what's interesting is when the song starts, in his own voice, he says, I am an old woman. You don't think twice about it. Yeah. You're not like, wait a minute, that's a man's voice. You just, you're in the character. Mm-hmm. You're in the story. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, we discussed earlier that a lot of this song is open to interpretation. And in his interview with American songwriter, uh, John Prine said, I think the more the listener can contribute to the song, the better. The more they become part of the song and they fill in the blanks. Rather than telling them everything, you save your details for things that exist. Like what color the ashtray is, how far the doorway is. Mm. So when you're talking about intangible things like emotions, the listener can fill in the blanks and you just draw the foundation. It's awesome. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just... All of the, all of these responses are like the perfect responses. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I just, I, I like to leave a lot of space in my song so that people, I don't know, could maybe like, and I'm just gonna throw this out here. It's crazy. People could like do a podcast yeah. <laughs> where they, where they, where they uh, theorize on a lot of stuff that I that's left unsaid in a song. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't even know what the word podcast means. But I'm just saying, like, that's just something that. You know, when when you get yeah. like three people in a room and they they just sort of like fixate on right. one detail, like the flies, <laughs> right? Yeah, that are really that, yeah. just and, there, and and sometimes they're going to have intelligent stuff to say about it. And sometimes they're going to talk a lot about Jeff Goldblum. Either it way. can go either way. Uh, like a we'll surprising we'll amount about Jeff Goldblum, but then you listen to the other episodes yeah. and you're like, it's not that surprising. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, seems man. seems par yeah. for the course. <laughs> Um. Anyway, is this interview over yet? I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> by the way, I got I got a truck full of mail <laughs> that I have got to deliver. So I should probably go. <laughs> There's just like Cabbage Patch Kids in that thing, like you wouldn't believe, and <laughs> a lot of kids are going to be disappointed this year. Yes. Oh well. Yeah. So Angel from Montgomery was uh, included in Time Magazine's All Time. Get it? Uh, 100 songs, which they described as an unranked list of the most extraordinary English language popular recordings since the beginning of Time magazine in 1923. Time said his songs include, quote, characters who show their souls in a single phrase and scenes that flash one after another like a family slideshow, sepia tinged with longing and regret. A good time was had by all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I want to I want to say two things. I uh, very good writing time. I totally agree. And number two, rank them, you cowards. <laughs> rank them. Take a stand. <laughs> so although there were already several covers between 1971 when John Prine released his debut album and 1974, it was singer-songwriter Bonnie Raitt's 1974 recording on her fourth album, Streetlights, um, that really became the version that kind of put Angel from Montgomery on the map. Mm. So now let's talk a little bit about how cool Bonnie Raitt is. Um, she was, and I think we mentioned this a little bit earlier, she was born into a musical family on November 8th, 1949. Her mother was a pianist and her father, John Raitt, was a famous singer and actor, most famous for his work on Broadway, where he starred in the original productions of Carousel and The Pajama Game. Um... Her earlier albums sold pretty well, and they were acclaimed by critics, musicians, and her audience, but they weren't mainstream hits, mm. um, as evidenced by the fact that Streetlights went to number 80. Her first major mainstream success didn't happen until nearly 20 years into her career uh, with her 1989 album, Nick of Time. That album also brought her her first ever Grammy win. Uh, at the 32nd Annual Grammy Awards in 1990, Bonnie Raitt took home four awards, um, one, not for that album, it was Best Traditional Blues Recording for I'm in the Mood, which appeared on John Lee Hooker's The Healer album. And that night she also won Best Pop Vocal Performance Female, Best Rock Vocal Performance Female, and Album of the Year for Nick of Time. Um, you can find the, uh, the clips from that Grammy Award show mm -hmm. online. It is worth watching because it's amazing. Again, this was probably t about 20 years into her career. I think her yeah. first album was like 1971. And I don't think she was expecting to win. Um, and not only was there like genuine surprise and genuine happiness that she won, the entire audience was so thrilled for her. Like you could see how excited That's they were so for cool. her that she won um, with this amazing album. And just to show you, how uh, big an album Nick of Time was in 2022 um, Nick of Time was added to the Library of Congress National Recording Registry wow over her career so far Bonnie Raitt has won 10 Grammy Awards with 26 nominations and a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award so basically you just gotta keep at it you just gotta keep at it be like yeah. Bonnie Raitt yeah She's my new, she's I mean, it, my new North Star. She is the, right. like, Bonnie Raitt. I mean, I think it helps if you're, like, incredibly talented. No, Dan, you do you know anything I mean? for 20 years like, and you'll get a Grammy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. But she no. could have, but Dan, there are a lot of talented people, like, Pearl oh, from no, Pearl's a singer that mm -hmm. do something and Absolutely. it doesn't hit. And then they're like, well, it's just, I'm just leveling out and never hit right. that stardom that Bonnie Raitt ha did, had. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Don't ever give up. I'm just saying it also helps if you're incredibly right. talented while you're not yeah. giving up. Do both of those things. Yeah. Don't give up and also be like preternaturally talented but at what whatever you're But is, also sometimes give up, right? That's right. Sometimes yeah. give up, but if you're a no talent hack, you give up. <laughs> but right. if you have talent, there are many people who are talented who get discour discouraged. Bonnie yes. Raitt was not one of those I people. Agree. And she kept okay. going. 
and just kept going. I'm not saying she didn't do anything. I'm saying what she, I'm saying that like she hit another level after yeah. many people yeah, are absolutely. retiring. Not yeah, in yeah. not her, her age in the amount of time that she was working. Yeah, 20 years into her career. Yeah. But I think also a lot of it is also seems to be Bonnie Raitt's mentality because it she seems to even now as like superstar Bonnie Raitt. Mm-hmm. Listening to her talk, it she she just seems like working musician Bonnie Raitt, you know? Right. It's it's so much more about the music and the performances yeah. than it is about the superstardom which she has. Right. And that's super cool. Um and that I think is this this was a good seg- segue. Thank you. Sure. That <laughs> I think we could see that in the next quote that I'm about to read to you. After receiving her Lifetime Achievement Grammy Award in 2022, she was interviewed by the Recording Academy where she discussed what winning her first Grammys in 1990 meant to her. She said, it wasn't just one. I won four in one night. My record, Nick of Time, 30 years ago, had already sold a million copies by the time I got nominated, so I was already happy. She then said, to win two vocal awards in pop and rock and then also album of the year was life-changing. I got to pay my band better. I got to help my organizations that give back that I'm so involved with and have a little financial security and move to where I wanted to live. It was life-changing. Wow. So the first thing she thinks of <laughs> is to pay her band yeah. better. Yep. And the second thing is to give back. Give back. Find like give to, to give, give to charities. Yeah. yeah. Whereas most people reach that level of superstardom and like they buy a rocket ship and go like <laughs> and go as as far away from Earth that, that you could go that's you're still on the Earth and still like but legally can call it space. Right. Yeah. She didn't buy a rocket ship. Yeah. She paid her band better. That's right. She's then awesome. she bought she bought her band rocket ships. Yeah. 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 They all yeah, got rocket ships. The band got rocket ships. Yeah. And the, and, you know, she said the house that she wanted to move into was also a rocket ship. So it was it was a rocket ship slash house. Sure. It was like a houseboat, but in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, she's just she's the coolest. And yeah. it's it's still very much that. That musician mentality, that working musician mentality, as opposed to that rock superstar yeah. mentality. Sure. Um, which is so cool. Um. And that leads us to this. In addition to her being a legendary singer, songwriter, and guitarist, Bonnie Raitt is also known for her activism. She's one of the founding members of Muse, Musicians United for Safe Energy, which organized the No Nuke concerts in 1979 at Madison Square Garden in New York City. She is also supportive uh, environmental, human rights, social justice, and music education initiatives. Coolest. Yeah. Um, if you go to her website, there is one of the main um, links on that website is a benefit history section that lists every benefit that she's ever participated in. And, you know, some artists will have like, well, I did this concert here on this concert mm-hmm. there. Hers are broken down by decade. <laughs> um, and each decade has like they, they just scroll. Yeah. For forever. So she's constantly doing benefit concerts and and giving back. Her website also has a list of nonprofits that she supports with links to charities that have benefited from fundraising she's done while on tour that fans can also support. That list 
is long. Awesome. She tours constantly, and she just released her 21st album called Just Like That. Uh, and some of the songs on that album were actually inspired by her friendship with John Prine. Mm. She told NPR, On this record, because I had really mined my personal life so much across the previous couple of decades, I wanted to take a shift and go into a third person in a style that moved me so much when Donald and Lydia and Angel from Montgomery first showed up, when I first met John Prine and fell in love with these songs. I love a good short story, and I love story songs in the folk tradition of writing in the third person. Aww. Which is very cool. Yeah. Now, when she said that she loves story songs, I hear that she loves the stories. I know. So. Yeah, that was, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was wow. 2021. I mean, I think come that's on. Im- yeah. It's implied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think she's. She gets what, it. Michael, let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you an honest yes. question. Honest question. Let's say you're just researching this, right? You're just, you're doing your due diligence. <laughs> And you come across the group. She's like, I just love story songs. I just discovered this new podcast. Like, what would you do if, like, Body Rate just, like, out of nowhere was just like, it's called the Story Song Podcast. It's really funny. I listen to it on the road sometimes. Like, would you just, like, jump? Would you just, like, jump out a window? Like, what would happen? <laughs> I would stop myself from doing that. I would yeah. catch my breath and I would call you to immediately and be like, uh, <laughs> check the text message I just sent you. I would freak right. out. Yeah. Right. And then I would call Rachel and be like, I think Michael's been kidnapped. <laughs> he was just screaming nonsense for five seconds. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. It was just screeching. <laughs> yeah. You would get a very high-pitched phone call from me. I think I think Michael's been kidnapped by Bonnie Ray. I know that sounds weird, but that's, <laughs> that's what I got out of the phone call. I got out of the, out of the conversation I just had. <laughs> uh, Michael just called me and said the man punted Baxter. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> what did the man do? Um, <laughs> um, so, yes, so, uh, Bonnie Raitt and John Prine were good friends. Um, John Prine, um, back to, uh, him again. Um, he was nominated for 13 Grammy Awards with four wins. One of his nominations was Best New Artist in 1973. He lost to America, but was nominated with Harry Chapin, Loggins and Messina, and the Eagles. That's a real seventies list right there. That that's a great yeah, list. Very though. 70s. Yeah. I think the next year Starland Vocal no. Band won, but whatever. Um <laughs> he's also the recipient of the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in twenty nineteen and the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame in two thousand three. Uh, very sadly, John Prine passed away on April 7th, 2020, due to complications related to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. After his passing, his debut album, which in 1972 peaked at number 154 on the Billboard Pop Albums chart, uh, peaked at number 55 on the Billboard 200. Yeah, I think when he passed away, I think it's especially because it was like early in COVID and everything. Um, I think a lot of people... Uh, found him for the first time because mm-hmm. you know there were these you know articles and stuff coming out about him and and how prolific he was and how much of an influence he was and there's whole generations that kind of didn't really know John Prine and so i feel like his music definitely got a, had a resurgence because of you know people looking at how how did i miss this huge influence in music you know yeah, and I think a year or so prior, he had released um, 
a new album for the first time in a couple of years that that did really well um and at the time of his passing like there were just statements all over the place from everybody in all areas of entertainment um particularly music obviously but like just talking about what an influence John Prine was on them and how much they loved his music and respected him as a as a singer and songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it it's very sad. Um but he is a widely respected songwriter um with songs that have resonated with audiences for more than 50 years. Um a quote from Prine himself from Roger Ebert's 1970 review may best explain why. John Prine said, I try to look through someone else's eyes, and I want to give the audience a feeling more than a message. And he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. He really does. All right. That was awesome. Uh, thank you, Michael. Thank you. For that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. I'm Adam Wainwright. And I'm Ed Kennard. And we're the hosts of The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly, the podcast that takes karaoke exactly as seriously as it should be taken. No interview was complete without our quick fire game, where we ask everyone the same five questions, culminating in the most important question we could ever ask. If you could magically strike one song from every karaoke playlist forever, which song would you choose? Don't Stop Believing. Oh, Ice Ice Baby. Great. Just because that song needs to be destroyed for all time. Easy Lover by Phil Collins. I think Picture. Picture is just a song of love and heartbreak. Uh, and it just, it ruins nights. I want to say Sweet Caroline. Probably My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Only one? Only one. Um, can I, can I pick one band? So hey, if you love karaoke, have sang karaoke, been in a place where karaoke was happening, or are vaguely aware that something called karaoke exists, come hang out with us. All episodes and info are available at sungpoorly.com. And remember that singing off key is still technically singing. All right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Michael, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn from Angel from Montgomery? Well, it's it's a lesson that I don't know that you're supposed to learn from this song. I think it's supposed to be a lingering question from the song, but I mm-hmm. did learn. Okay. I think I learned the answer. Um, I learned okay. how a person can go to work in the morning and come home in the evening and have nothing to say. And the answer is, he's just not that into you. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> right. That's it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 The answer was yeah, there all along. Girlfriend. It's, it's right there. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes it's the simplest answer. Yeah. It's true. It's not mm-hmm. that in you. I mean, Michael, I would say write that up in mm-hmm. a book and then have it be the weirdest movie adaption <laughs> in the last... <laughs> 30 years. Um, Here's what I learned. Um, Weird coincidence, the line, he weren't much to look at, both in this song and in my wife's wedding vows. (laughs) What I did like about this, and I learned apparently it's not that unusual of a thing to say. Yeah, that's right. That did make me feel slightly better because it seemed unnecessary at the time, but, you know, I guess obviously maybe it's a a thing that a lot of people think. I mean- Sure. It could be a little bit because um, you were dressed as a cowboy at your wedding, I and mean, you were the only look, one. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Well, that's I had that I had that Nashville face <laughs> for a week and a half, and it just it was yeah, poor right. timing. It, just, <laughs> it was poor timing that, that it just happened it just to be the week to I be got the married. Week I got married. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was really I was really trying to pull that off. I gave up yeah. on that eventually, but um, you were like, make me a poster yeah, right. of an old rodeo. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Rachel, what'd you learn? You know, I learned that, you know, in the first two lines of the chorus, make me make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Make me a poster of an old rodeo. You know what? You have a day of doing nothing. DIY it yourself. You go to Michael's. Exactly. You get mm-hmm. a craft, one of those little like angels that you paint. You make yourself a poster. Sometimes you have to DIY your own happiness mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah. That's, that's if you haven't you done anything do. since you woke up this morning, you've got yeah. the time. You got the time. Pop over yeah. to Michael's. They always have coupons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get you an angel what? that flies from Montgomery <laughs> for like 25% I think, I off. Like, yeah. It seems like your lesson originally is shop at Michael's. <laughs> that seemed to be what you learned from this song. It's a wonderful store. Not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> if they're interested, we'd be open to talks. Michaels, we have a whole aisle of randomly shaped foam things. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, uh, Michaels, there's candy at the register. <laughs> <laughs> you can get candy at the craft store? Don't yeah. ask. No. Michaels, who knew fake flowers were so expensive? <laughs> Spoiler, we did. <laughs> now pay up, you losers. <laughs> oh man all right well uh take that michaels wherever you are um (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening this has been the story song podcast uh come back next week when we talk about another great story song follow us on the socials like instagram twitter and facebook and if you could leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts or wherever your podcast uh, we would certainly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Come on back. We'll be talking about another great story song soon. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Believing is living is just a hard way to go. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song Stomping around upstairs, trying to record an intro. God damn it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.